Good morning. This morning we are reading from James chapter 2, starting in verse 1 and going through 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the word of the Lord. May the word I speak today bless us all and pierce our hearts to rejuvenate us and bring us everlasting life. So good morning. I'm especially grateful to be here today and uh, be privileged to bring you the word of God. And as we're studying the book of James, I don't know about you, but I have especially been blessed by this letter. Um, Even though it's short, it's jam-packed with practicality. I mean, um, just going through the sufferings and finding wisdom in that. And then last week, um, Brian touching on the fact of be a, um, as James says, not just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And he brought up that there's a main theme that James is going to start to harp on um, after the trials and suffering, and that's hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is something none of us like to think about. We know it exists, but we like to think that we're not hypocritical. Um, And that's uh, a big word and a big aspect of if you are just a hearer, but not a doer, you're hypocritical. If you're a doer and you don't obey God, then you're also hypocritical because you're doing what's on your heart and you're acting like God. Now, I I want you to recall last week's sermon where it says be a doer of the word because um, you can't do what what today we're going to talk about if you just listen to it. There's practicality that has to happen. Just being a hearer is half the battle, and then doing it is the other half. And today's passage, James touches on a subject that can be extremely hurtful and quite vile, and that's partiality. Now, partiality, it's, I know as I was studying it, it's one of those words where we know what it is, we know it's out there, 
but it can be hard to be precise with. It can be hard to define. Um, it's, it's like you know it, but if somebody were to push you on it and say, hey, give me a specific example of partiality or um, what is the definition of partiality, it can, be, it can be hard to define. We can all come up with something, um, but is it precise? Is it what God wants us to know about what is partiality? And so I think it's um, important and for us to tackle three questions. I'm going to take us through three questions um, that will guide us through this passage. The first one being, what is partiality? Second one being, how does partiality manifest? The third one being, why we shouldn't be partial? Or why we shouldn't show partiality? So, for short, is we're going to tackle the what, how, and why of partiality. So, to kick it off, what is partiality? Well, partiality, and the simplest term, is favoritism. And it's showing favor to one person over another or others. But I want to be very clear and I need to make this distinction um, before I continue. We need to understand that partiality um, is not saying that everybody has to be on the same playing field or that everybody is equal. The Bible isn't saying everybody is equal, we all have to play fair, and you know, there's, there's no distinctions. What, I, what we sometimes get partiality confused with is respect. And I think we need to make that assumption. We can show respect. For example, if there's a child sitting in a seat and there's an elderly woman and you tell the child, hey, give up your seat um, for, for the elderly woman, that's showing respect. And that's biblical and that's good. I mean, even Jesus tells us to honor the elder and honor your mom and dad. Okay, I, I think we can show respect. Um, I heard this example. It was like if the president of the United States were to walk into church today um, and there were special precautions made and where he sits and all that, nobody would question that. I think that's appropriate. That's respectful. So partiality is not the same as respect. Partiality has to do with Um, making judgments based off of external factors. And and in the passage, we get a great context uh, that James shows us with the wealthy and the poor. And it's a stark example of what partiality can look like. Now, in their time, yes, the Christians were persecuted they were poor, and it's no accident that James ends the last chapter with the widows and the orphans. And then he continues into partiality and says, you show partiality to the wealthy and you neglect the poor. So partiality has to do um, with external factors. You're, you're defining somebody's worth based off of what they look like. You're making a judgment based off of how they look 
and what they look like. So that is partiality. Um, and, you can, and we can read that from the passage if you look at the verses. And, um, and, and honestly, guys, favoritism like this, partiality, is where we get like discrimination. It's where we get segregation. It's where we get racism. This is, this is where those um, problems come from. It comes from partiality. And I think, um, and as we continue, it, it'll become clearer how this manifests itself. So on to the second question, which is, how does partiality manifest itself? And um, it can be easy to miss this. I think we can... Um, kind of think in a way that we don't show partiality. Um, we're immune to it. Oh, I'm a Christian. There's no way partiality exists in me. But I think James outlines for us three ways that partiality manifests itself. And it can be easy to miss. So there's three ways that he shows us that we can show partiality. Number one is, and if you look at verse uh, 2 and 3, <clears throat> there's that word that says, and James says, if you pay attention. Now, in the ESV Bible, it says pay attention. Um, I like some of the other versions, like the NIV, where it says if you give special attention. If you give special attention um, to a person over another. In this context, obviously believers were given special believers were giving special attention to the wealthy that came to the church over the poor just because they had on nice clothes and they looked wealthy. It was purely external, as we said. And uh, one example that came to my mind as I was studying this was um, from First Samuel. If you go back in the Old Testament and look at 1 Samuel, um, God tells Samuel to go and anoint a new king because um, Saul had failed. And he goes to the house of Jesse, and Jesse brings out his sons. And this is uh, from 1 Samuel chapter 6, if you want to read the whole uh, chapter. This is where David gets anointed king. Um, well, Je Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, and Jesse brings out his sons. And Samuel says, oh, surely the next king is before me. He makes a judgment on the external of looking at the sons and saying, oh, this one looks strong and mighty, or this one looks tough. It's an external judgment. And um, it's, it's interesting what God says. If you look at verse 7 in 2 Samuel um, chapter 6, or um, chapter 16, sorry, verse 7, this is what God says to Samuel. Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. You see, Samuel there was making a judgment of and assuming that the king was there just because of what he saw. Totally forgetting and not knowing 
that there's another son in the field who's the youngest. And that's who God had chosen. So the first way we can show partiality is, is if we make an assumption based off of external factors. If we see somebody that's wearing fine clothing or they look put together and we automatically assume that this person is great, that is partiality. Now, the second way we can show partiality, and at the end of verse uh, 3, James gives us a hint, is through our words. And, and you see where the believers are saying, sit down at my feet. Or you go sit over there. That sounds harsh. I mean, you can read that passage and you know, based off the context, that that is not pleasant. It's not, it's not a rabbi saying, hey, come sit at my feet. Let me teach you. We, it, it's like we can hear the tone. You can, you can see that and you can almost feel it. How harsh that sounds, just by reading that. Well, that's another way we can show partiality. How we speak to a person. And I mean, last week we, we read where James says, you need to bridle your tongue. And as, as we continue in James, you'll see what the tongue can do and the damage it can cause as we continue um, in the book. But we can show partiality by how harsh we talk to a person and what comes out of our mouths. We can speak to people in a snobby way. We can be snobby and separate ourselves as if we're better. We can verbally communicate superiority, which can emotionally crush the other person and cause damage. Now, here's an extreme example, okay? And I just, it, it's a joke, okay? But imagine if I stood up here today and was like, uh, you are all fools, you know? I'm the greatest because I have a seminary degree and I know more than all of you. What if, what if me and Brian did that every week? You know, or, or anytime you heard a preacher and they flaunted their, their superiority. How would you feel? Now, how about this one? I know most of us can um, relate to this one. How about it's your workplace? We all have, we all know that there's somebody in the workplace, whether it's management, whether it's a coworker, they're constantly going around flaunting their status or, or they abuse their position. And they talk over you and they order you around as if you are worthless. You are just a pawn. You are low on the totem pole. And they talk down to you. And there's nothing you can do. And they flaunt their superiority. Until that person is next to their superior. And then they act like a neuter dog. And they're on their best behavior. I mean, that's the stark. I mean, most of us can relate to that. Most of us can see that. And we've probably all felt that. <clears throat> um, 
This is a second way of showing partiality. It's through our words. Now, there's, there's something um, I need to clarify. And also, I think we can sometimes, as Christians, even know this. Whether the first way of showing partiality is based off external wealth or speaking harshly, it's not just saying it to the low person, but we can sometimes even do it to the wealthy person and disguise ourselves or um, trick ourselves into thinking we're doing a righteous thing. We can, we can make a judgment call on a person that comes in here with nice clothing. And we can automatically assume and say, that person is so materialistic. Or, or man, I can't believe that person spent their money on, on that where they could have given to the needy. You see, the point is we can go both ways and show partiality. It's just you're making a judgment call. And that is not our call. That's God. God looks at the heart of a person. We can't make that distinction. Now, if you're the person that thinks, well, I don't do either of those two, don't worry. There's a third way, and God covers all the bases. And here's where we all do it. And the third way we can show partiality is by our thoughts. Look at verse 4. And look at, look at the description given. James says, we have become judges with evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. That's how we make distinctions. And they're evil. So you might be sitting here feeling confident that you don't treat people differently. You don't speak over people. You don't put them down. You don't make external judgments. But you think differently about them. As you're talking to a person, you have thoughts that you are superior or you're making judgment calls inside, inside your mind, with your heart. This is also partiality. So this is, this is a prevalent thing, and I think if you're anything like me, we do this. I, I do this. Now, I want to I be sensitive here, too, because I think we've all also faced partiality. At one point or another, we've all faced it. Now, I'm going to get vulnerable with you, okay? I, I, I wrestled with whether to share this or not, but I think it's helpful for us to realize, considering the context that so many of us are parents, um, and if I, I asked Ayla, I was like, is this okay to say? And, and it's something I can't shake, so I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And I'm just going to make this disclaimer, so if my dad is ever going to watch this, <laughs> if he ever becomes a believer and he wants to go through the sermon archives and ever listen to what I've preached on, Dad, I love you, and I hope the Holy Spirit's, <laughs> the Holy Spirit's working in your life where you forgive me. And, and it's part of the sanctification journey. But 
Personally, for me, I face a lot of partiality with the relationship with my dad, with, with the comparison and the verbal and all that growing up, comparing me with cousins and, and other people that seemed put together or had wealth. And guys, we have kids, and those of us that have kids, this is extremely damaging. It's extremely damaging. We need to constantly be praying for God to, to work on our hearts, and we need to be on guard to not show partiality to our kids, between our children. It's damaging. And, and, and as I was studying this passage, it's, it's freeing to, to read and see how God had changed us, has given us a new heart, and is healing us but it's, all, it's, it's hurtful. So if you're a parent that has shown partiality, ask for forgiveness. Have the conversation with your kids. If you're a kid and you've experienced partiality from your parents, forgive them as Christ has forgiven you and be free from the bitterness that that can cause in your life. And I want you to... Um, Listen to me very closely, guys, on this. This is a vile sin. Very vile. And if, and if you see and if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one James points out at the very top, and he begins with, and he stamps it down and says, if you believe in Jesus Christ, the one true God, and the same one I'm talking about, the one that is true Christianity, that is true belief, that's a true religion, and if you are a true believer, then you will be disgusted by this. You will be disgusted by partiality. And true Christianity speaks against partiality. If you show favoritism or partiality, that is completely contrary to what the Bible teaches and who God is. It has no place in Jesus. This is where racism comes from. Guys, it's a distinction based off of just skin color and superiority. And it's still rampant. It's rampant. In today's world, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love soccer, but it plagues soccer. If you watch um, overseas games, over, over the last few years, it, it seems like it's, it's gotten even uglier. I mean, they stop matches now because just thousands of fans, I mean, thousands of fans are chanting racist things at players just based off their skin color. And you, and you can see the player and how, how defeating it is for them and how it crushes them. This is a vile sin. And if you call yourself a true Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ, then you will be disgusted by this, utterly disgusted by partiality. And here's why. As we continue, here's why. 
why we shouldn't show partiality. And it's, it's awesome that I think James, in a succinct way, shows us three ways why we shouldn't show partiality. Just like he shows us three ways we can, he shows us three ways why we shouldn't. And the first one is that partiality goes against the nature of God. Look at verse 5. It says, God uses the poor and the weak. The poor and the weak. Just look at the Beatitudes in Matthew. What is the first thing it says? God says, blessed are the poor, for they will inherit the kingdom. And if you just take a glance through the Bible and look at the many stories and the many people God uses, were they the greatest? Were they the most talented? Were they the ones to first raise their hand and say, pick me, God, pick me. I'll, I'll help you change the world. No, most of them ran away. Most of them were scared. I mean, one person that comes to mind is Moses. God chose Moses, who was an abandoned. He was abandoned as a child. And Moses, even when, when God displays his power to him and gives him the staff and everything, Moses says, oh, I can't speak. I don't have very good public speaking skills. And God says, don't worry. And then the countless stories. I mean, look at the disciples. They were fishermen. They were at the bottom of the totem pole. And God came and says, follow me. And uses the fishermen, the lowly of the lowlies, to change the world. Now, I bet, I bet most of us can say the same thing about ourselves. You know, did, did God save us because we're amazing? Are you, are you the greatest person on earth here? You know, are you the greatest person in Carroll County? No, I, I think if we, if we reflect, if we sit down to think, and if we let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts, and if we truly come from a compassionate heart and a grateful posture, and we look at ourselves and say, God, thank you for saving me because I know who I was. We can look on our hearts and we can know who we were, what was in our hearts, what was in our thoughts, what my actions were, and God saving you. I know for me, I was the worst of the worst. I had evil thoughts. And, and I struggled with asking God, why did you pick me? You know, like, I don't understand. Who, who am I that you would pick me? But God uses the weak. And he uses the weak, and he says, I will display my power through you. I get the most glory when I take somebody that the world rejects and the world disregards and the world uses as a stepping stone 
and I will change. I will bring change. I will change family trees. I will change family relationships. I will change friendships. I will change countries. Because I'm God and we're not God. And how God works is contrary to the way we would work. So I think if you're a true Christian, we know that. And so partiality goes against God's nature. Second point of why we shouldn't show partiality. If you look at verse 8, what does it say? It says, some say, now some say this is the golden rule. And it's, the verse says, love others as yourself. Simply put, guys, treat others as you want to be treated. Now this is, the, this is huge. This is the second part of the great commandment that Jesus gives. The first one where he says, love God with all your mind, all your soul, and all your heart. And the second one is, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you like being shown partiality? Do you like being talked to as you're worthless? Do you like being put down? No. None of us do. So why would we show it to another person? Why would we show it to another person? Love others and love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Simply put, now, again, if these two aren't convincing of why we shouldn't show partiality, I hope the third one is. Because James gets pretty pointy and just puts a stamp on it. Partiality is a sin. And I hope that stirs in you Red flags, like warning signs going up and saying, oof, maybe this isn't a gray area. This isn't a gray space. No, this is flat-out sinful. And I was, I was as I was, uh, we met in community group on Friday, I was talking to Chrissy as we, she was thinking about her idea for um, children's um, time, I just said to her, I think partiality, showing partiality, is, is like spitting in God's face. Just spitting in his face and saying, I'm, I'm superior. I know the better judgment calls. Just, just picture that. That's how vile it is. Now, Let's camp here for a second, okay? Because it can, it can get a little confusing here, and I think there, it's good to have some clarification. And if you're like me, and you read this, this section of verses 9 through 13, 
It talks about murder. It talks about adultery. It talks about the law. It says the law of liberty. But if you show partiality, it's like committing murder or committing adultery. And it can just seem confusing. And how my mind works is when things like this are jumbled up, I like to think of it in a linear, logical uh, fashion. So what is James talking about in this section? Well, we can't forget, first of all, that James's primary audience here is Jewish. And they would have understood the context of what he meant by the law. What, they would have known. Because they were Jewish and they lived by the law. And they were trained on it their whole life. So when you bring up adultery, you bring up murder, you bring up the law, it's like they know. Red flags go up. But for us, it can, it can be a little confusing. So here, here's the process of how I approached it. So I, I, go, I, start, I like to have a starting point. So we go back to the very beginning. You look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve sinned, and they fell. And then sin entered the world, and it became part of our human nature. So we're all sinful. Sin is part of our human nature. Now, as time went on, and you get to Exodus, and you read about the law being given, God gives the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments by themselves do not save. The law doesn't save you. It doesn't have saving power. What the law is, the Ten Commandments is, it's, it's, it's almost like they're a mirror that you can look upon and see how sinful you are. And you can get a reflection of who God is, and this is his character and his nature, and this is his standards. So you look upon the law, and you're immediately convicted. And hopefully that stirs up in you a need for a savior and say, how can I stand up to this? And God is perfect, and he demands perfection. God didn't give the Ten Commandments and say, if you can keep 80% of this, you pass. If you keep 90%, you pass. No, God wants absolute perfection because he's perfect. He's holy. So then you move on, and, and now we know sin is part of our nature. God gives the law to reflect how sinful we are and hopefully creating us a need to need a savior. And you, then you get to the New Testament, okay, and you can see like the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they set up a lot of laws. It's called, they, they would hedge themselves with these laws of how to not break the Ten Commandments. And, and they came up with thousands, thousands of laws, and they pretty much got lost in their own ways. And they, it's just overwhelming. And I think we can do that too. We can, we can create laws or rules or mindsets of, I'm not going to show partiality this way or, or do this. But then we, we, automa- we, um, we get consumed 
by the rules we've created for ourselves, and they don't address the heart issue. They're just barriers. They're just ways for me to not address it. So I'm going to abstain. I'm going to abstain from doing anything. And then I haven't broken anything. But your heart is still the same. So the law doesn't save. It condemns. It reveals our sin nature and our inability to keep God's law. This is what James is alluding to. So the whole law, the whole Ten Commandments, is like, think of, think of chains. Think of a chain that's holding up judgment. And if one link on the chain breaks, the whole chain breaks. That's how the law is. So you break one aspect of the law, it's like breaking the whole thing because you're not perfect. This is what James is talking about. So flat out, partiality is a vile sin. And if you break that and you sin, then you've sinned against God. And it's like breaking all of his laws. This is what it does. It's guilty of breaking all of God's law if you show partiality. Now, uh, uh, for your own time, um, if you read the book of Romans, the book of Romans is a great book to do a deep study on, to just read and understand how sin entered the world and what God's law does and what Christ did for us. And especially if you want to get more pointed, just read Romans 5. Read Romans chapter 5 and see what the law does and how it increases our transgression. So to sum it up, the three reasons why we shouldn't show partiality, it's against God's nature, it violates his second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, and it's flat out sinful. I hope that's that's stark warnings. I hope that just stirs in our heart and we, and we are convicted by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, this is a heavy passage, guys. It's practical. It's, it affects our heart. We've all been guilty of it. We've all received it. Where's the good news in this? Where's the comfort? Well, I'll tell you where that comfort is. And here's the, uh, the glorious news. If you read Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this beautiful line, but God shows his love for us that, we will, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were showing partiality to others, while we have a, a sin nature, Christ came and died for you. The wrath we deserved, the judgment we deserved, was taken and poured out on Jesus for you. 
but those that believe in him. And if you read Romans 2.11, it says this, for God shows no partiality. God does not look on us and show partiality. This is our God. This is the good news. He chose to pour his wrath out on his son so that we can be reconciled and we can be saved and have a relationship with him. And as Brian said, and as we've sung these songs, Christ is quick to forgive. He's quick to forgive anybody that calls on his name, that asks for forgiveness. And as you read the end of James, God shows us mercy. He's merciful to us, way too good, way more merciful to us than we will ever show mercy to another person in our lifetime. So do the same thing. Show others mercy. As I said earlier, if you're, if you're a child and you've been shown partiality or, or somebody, show mercy, forgive, be free. If you're somebody who has shown partiality, ask for forgiveness. Be quick to forgive. And, and that is how we've been treated, by God showing us mercy. And Christ says, as my disciple, if you truly believe in me, go do the same. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much. You are too good. You show us so much love. You show us so much mercy. You have so much compassion on us. You show us so much love that it's it honestly sometimes is overwhelming. I don't even know what to do with this undeserved love. Father, thank you that you didn't look upon my external factors, but that you looked upon my heart and you saved us and you gave us a new heart. Father, would you revive our hearts? Would you continue to mold us and shape us into the likeness of your Son? Would you eradicate this sin of partiality from our hearts and the world? Father, we thank you that we are not you, that you are perfect and you have a plan, and that you are in control. Thank you that our failures do not impact your plan. They don't change your ways. 
You will have your glory, and you will have your way. So, Father, humble us and help us to forgive those that have shown us partiality. And please show us, reveal to us the ways we've shown partiality. And help us to ask for forgiveness. And we love you that this is all made possible because of your son, Jesus Christ, who took the wrath that we deserved. And in his name we pray. Amen.